Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand upright. When Jesus saw her, he called over her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her immediately, she began, she stood straight up and began praising God. The leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise you, Lord. You may be seen by your children up. The third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Vasistas. What is this? Fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching or God's words, but instead keep that word holy and gladly hear and learn it. Notice that Luther doesn't say anything in his explanation about not working on the Sabbath, but rather focuses his attention on the importance of using the Sabbath to worship God. Luther believed the Ten Commandments' chief function is to not show us an easy way to heaven, which with a little hard work we can reach, but to show us our sin, how infinitely far we are from heaven, God and our neighbor, who is, in Christ, who is Christ in our midst. So when we break this commandment, what does it teach us about ourselves? What ugly truth does this commandment reveal about our nature as human beings? And I am the chief of sinners with this commandment, with all the commandments for that matter. Days off, maybe, sometimes. Putting God before wealth, fame, and fortune. Well, I did become a pastor, so I guess, yeah, maybe. Not swearing, let's not talk about that one at all. (laughs) Keeping a Sabbath is hard, especially when it's my job to work on the Sabbath. However, there are ways that help me worship while at the same time allow me to work and do my job as a leader. Ask the members of the altar go and you will find that I am very, very, very particular about how the altar is set up. Everything goes in the exact place on Sunday morning. I do this so that when I put my hands down to grab something, I know exactly what will be there. I don't have to think about what's coming next. Worship is a natural movement, a natural flow for me, and I am thankful for this because some weeks my head is just not in the game. 
Last week, I felt like I was walking around here in such a fog. I couldn't think. I couldn't concentrate. I forgot Amanda's family's last name, Robinson. I don't understand why. I rode in your car. I've eaten dinner at your house, and yet, for some reason, I cannot get in the game. I couldn't get my head in the game. Anything that was impromptu, I felt lost. But when I got back up to the altar, I knew exactly what to do because the emotions are so embedded in my muscle memory. Repetition helps me worship and keep the third commandment. But as soon as I leave here, I rarely go home and rest. And other people have young children who have jobs that require them to work on Sunday know that Sundays are just another day of the week. Chasing kids, administering medicine, working on the factory line. It's hard to take a day for Sabbath rest. And even those who work throughout the week, sometimes Sunday is the only day to finish up those weekend chores, those weekend projects. In some ways, the church does not help with the Sabbath. We are very much like the hypocrites in Jesus's, that Jesus calls out in the text. But thankfully, though, when it comes to hypocrites, there's always room for one more around our table and in our pews. We demand people to maintain a Sabbath, but yet how many of us complain when a business is closed on a Sunday or any other day of the week, for that matter? Now, I'm not someone who believes that Sabbath has to be kept on a particular day of the week. There, there is flexibility We say we want blue laws back, but how many of us are willing to give up Sunday brunch after church or running to Lowe's? Personally, I'm glad blue laws don't exist anymore. And I I do not believe that getting rid of blue laws kill church participation. We simply do not give people a compelling reason as to why coming to church, participating in church, taking a Sabbath matters is important. Why is it important for you to come to church? Why is it important for you to keep the Sabbath? The humans do what humans do. They look for alternatives while we as a church remain silent. Taking a Sabbath day means we will have a healthier life. Think back to when you were in college. Maybe you were like me. When I was in college and seminary, the last two weeks of the semester were were spent working very hard with very little sleep on papers and studying. I would wait till the last minute to finish those assignments, even though I knew for weeks that they were coming. After those two weeks, I usually would get sick, sick with a really bad cold. Apparently, I had copious amounts of coffee, very little sleep, an unhealthy diet, very little physical activity, and a break. They weren't part of a healthy lifestyle. When we push ourselves to work hard every day with no break, our bodies will break down. The reason for the third commandment is not selfish on the part of God, but was done for our benefit. To ensure one day a week that we take a break from the work and spend time in prayer and worship with God. But people use the law not to liberate people, but to condemn them. In the mind of Jesus, the Sabbath laws have become oppressive to the people they were meant to protect. In Jesus' view, since the Sabbath law commemorates and celebrates Israel's liberation, it ought not to be a day for an acting for enacting, it ought to be a day for enacting, not inhibiting the present-day liberation of Israelites. Moreover, given the custom of providing water for thirsty livestock on the Sabbath, it's surely appropriate to heal a long-suffering Israelite on the Sabbath. In none of this does Jesus abolish the Sabbath commandment. Rather, he aims to follow it faithfully. 
Jesus enters what was at the time an ongoing Jewish debate about how to interpret the Sabbath law, locating himself at the less stringent end of the opinion spectrum. But it is more than a debate about scriptural interpretation. It is more fundamentally an insistence of God's kingdom breaking into the world. Careful readers will notice that the episode does not really end at verse 17 as our gospel lesson does today. This gospel continues into the very next parable, following, where Jesus continues to explain his actions. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? It is like a tiny mustard seed that grows into a tree for sheltering birds, or like yeast that leavens for bread for provision and fellowship. Notice the similarities to the bent over woman. Something seemingly small and insignificant becomes with God's love and transforming power a vessel to further God's kingdom. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. What we see as small and insignificant ailment was torturous for this woman. For 18 years, Jesus tells us, Satan bound her in this state. 18 years she was, has waited to meet the Messiah, the Lord, the one who will free her from this bondage of the devil. She does not need to wait another day. And notice she is the only one praising God in this entire story. The leader of the synagogue, the one who is charged with praising, leading the people of praising God, is chastising her. She's the only one doing what the Sabbath was designed to be about. For 18 years she has been quite unable to stand up straight. Meaning she has been unable to look people in the eyes. Her vision has been limited to the ground in front of her. Now she's able to look people in the eyes. She's able to lift her hands in prayer and praise to God. She has been set free from her slavery. She has been set free from her to have Sabbath. Why does the Sabbath matter? Why is it important to worship God to take a day to do so? Because you have been in bondage to your sin for your entire life. Yet because of your baptism, you are set free. You are free from the chasm of sin <coughs> and have been reunited with God because of your baptism. You are no different than this woman. We are no different from this woman. What the world deem as small and insignificant ailments, these things have kept you from worshiping God. Now you are free and are continually set free, week after week, through confession and forgiveness. You need to take time out of your busy schedules to give thanks to God. Because constantly working and running from one thing to another will cause your body to fail, making you unable to keep the third commandment. I've been with many people on their deathbeds. None of them have ever said, you know... I regret I didn't work enough in this life. I regret I didn't work 50, 60 hour work weeks. I regret I, I saw my family too much. I regret I came to church too much. It's usually the opposite. So do the hard work of saying no. Do the hard work of resting, of being with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ for worship. It is hard to do this work, but it is vital, not just to your health, but to the health of all those around you gathered here. When you are absent, we are that much quieter. We miss your voice. We miss your face. We miss your presence. We are that much weaker in our faith. You know, I know this sermon probably won't make a radical difference in church attendance or participation. And I'm not look, make, looking to make our, our numbers that I send off to the ELCA look better. I could care less about those numbers. What I do care about is a lot spiritual lives of all who come into this place. 
I care about making this a place, a place where everyone is able to explore their spiritual natures and their faith in God. The only way for this community to exist and do this vital work is for you to be here. Never think that, coming, that you coming to church is solely for your benefit. You being here, you taking time to Sabbath benefits not only your soul, but the souls of all those around you. God's word is efficacious and holy without our work. But it requires that people be present in order to be transformed and sanctified by it.